The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Another recording from home. We've got an awesome guest today. It's going to be an awesome, awesome day and an awesome episode. Let's get right to it. Melinda Hereford, say hello to everyone. Hi, Patrick. So nice to be here and share with your audience. Great to be here. Yep, we we appreciate it. It's so funny, you know, the pronunciation of names. I went over it with you. I had it before we spoke. I had it in my in my mind one way, one way, and of course, it's the wrong. I just want to make sure I say it again. Melinda Hereford. Melinda, you're in California, but I know you work with dentists all over the country, and I know you've been doing this a bit of time. I've been all over your website. Tell me, how'd you get involved in dentistry? How'd you start helping dentists? Yeah, when I was 14, Patrick, I sat down with our school counselor, Pat, Pat Berry was her name. And she said, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. She goes, well, why don't you be a dental hygienist? I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, I trusted her and I did all the undergrad work and did all the, you know, all the education. And I got to my first office and sat with the hygienist. I, I worked in dentistry too, but I didn't actually sit with hygienists in the idea of being a hygienist. And I just saw for my personality, oh my gosh, this probably isn't going to be a great fit for me. I have a little ADD. I like to focus on different things and kind of lit from one place to the next. And so I could see that wasn't going to be a good match for me. And I went the business direction and, you know, did some internal office management and then went to work for a consulting company. And it's been an awesome fit for me. I've been a consultant now in going on four decades, a long time, Patrick. I started when I was really young and it's just been, it's, cool to be able to go into different practices. As you know, you interview different people. They, the practice takes the shade of the owner. And so every practice is different and the keys to making them work are different because yeah. that practice owner, you got to kind of find what's going to fit for that practice owner. And so I love that though. I love the diversity of that. It's fun. Melinda, I, I'm almost always asked this second question in this type of way where I, where I ask, you know, what are some challenges you see dentists facing today? But through your experience, I want to ask you a, a little differently. Mm-hmm. What are some reoccurring challenges that dentists have always faced, that business owners have always faced, that are as true today as they were yesterday? Throw one out there. What does, that, what does it look like? Yeah, that that's just a great question. You know, I would say that, I mean... The current, the current challenge is team, and you've had speakers talk about that and do some great talks about that. And I would say that the, the ongoing piece is system breakdowns that never get solved. So, you know, one of the things that dentists do is they hire people with experience and they, and then they say, just go after it, go, go for it. You just use your yeah. experience. And the, we're predominantly small businesses. Even, even the DSOs are units of small businesses. And, you know, one of the common things that I see is 
there isn't a bona fide system for scheduling. There isn't a bona fide way to collect. There isn't, right. you know, we, we just use whatever our practice management software is designed to do and then hope for the best. And so that's right. the part that it's a business model, you know, business model is you create scalable systems and, and then you, and then you teach people what those scalable systems are. So I would say that's the biggest missing piece for doctors. And, and then they find themselves in this rat race of like the same things coming up over and over and over again and getting soup, you know, that, that, that definition of insanity. It's like, oh my gosh, here it is again. And I, I can't even tell you the number of doctors that call me and say, you know, I'm, I know my practice looks successful, but really these are the same problems that we're continuing to like rehash over and over again. And I want to change it. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, you mentioned SOPs for a little bit, standard operating procedures. Yeah. I, I like to think of it, and, and you have much more experience in this area than I do, but I like to think of SOPs as being something that are written and put together yep. in a way that yep. someone could understand what they need to do step-by-step step without talking to you, um, yep. not you, um, Melinda, yeah. but the, the, no. the, the practice owner. owner. The dentist. So in other words, if you were to have 10, let's say, assistants be hired. You could literally hire 10 assistants, not be there and come back in a week and they would know what they were supposed to do because your SOPs are so solid. Is that yeah, that's beautiful. Realistic? I mean, that's my, that's my love language, Patrick. You're speaking my love, love language. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how you create a consistent and consistent business, consistent results is that yeah. SOP. That SOP helps you create consistency. And that is what actually creates sanity and growth because you can grow that kind. You can grow, a, you can grow any practice if you have scalable systems. And so I would say the SOP and then the added the added piece that I would say to that, Patrick, is taking that SOP because, you know, they'll write the SOP, but then they won't use it again. Like it just stays in the computer. So, you know, check sheets off of the SOP are critical because that's actually what helps accountability. So you don't use a check sheet every single time, but I mean, you know, like a pilot uses a check sheet every single time. They use the same check sheet every single time because that's it, right? It's, it's life or death on that one. And, and ours isn't so much life or death, but if we want to create ease, and and like landing something every single time the check sheet really helps and so each position that we have one of the things that we work with our clients on are what are the three results that this position's here to gain not a, what are the million things that they should do in a day what are the three results that they should land every single day and then the check sheets correspond to that so they can actually land each of those processes every single time, every single patient. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. The, you know, one thing to, I think to bring up here a little bit, and then I'm going to, I want to ask you, okay, how do you get started? You've got no SOPs. How do you get started? How do you buy when you have a million things on your plate that you can't get done now? How do you add getting SOPs on top of that workload you already have completed? But let me say this, and I think this is true. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I think most entrepreneurs, right? And if you own a dental practice, 
you, you probably are an entrepreneur. They're actually really bad at writing SOPs, aren't they? And, yeah. and having this yeah. structure and organizations yeah. actually doesn't fit the personality types of people yeah. who, yeah. right? I think Steve Jobs, most people look at as this amazing leader and mastermind. But at the end of the day, I bet you Steve, Steve Jobs never wrote uh, SOP in his entire life. He couldn't have done it if he wanted. He would have hated doing it. And I think, I know in my experience, I don't like doing it. So how do you get it done? How do you get SOPs built out in your practice? How do you, how do you get these up and going and, and, yeah. and into play? That's beautiful. I, you know, there's a there's a new model out called the EOS model, and I, you know, it, it follows what really probably I've done my whole career, which is there is a visionary. The visionary is there and responsible to like say this is where we're headed. I like to find the integrator, that integrator position, one person in the practice that is good at follow through, that is good at fact finding. They are good. They, they, you know, we, they even score high on it when we do assessments, you know, that what I call the executor. So it's like, there needs to be one person. It's best if it's the office manager, but even if it's a champion, I I'm okay with that too. It's like, who has that skill set, And then they're the champion to get those, those five to 10 main SOPs together along with the, the check sheets as consultants, you know, we, we of course know all the best practices. That's our job. Our job is to know the best practices and we equal Equally need boots on the ground of implementers. Otherwise, everything we want them to do does not get done because that entrepreneur visionary and who is also typically the dentist and the quarterback, they don't they don't have an iota of time to work on this stuff. You know, we're no. not going to get them to do this in their free time because that's you know that's their only free time. So we really want to pick that that executor find them, nurture them, and get, they're the ones who land these systems. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to fill in some, connect a couple of dots here. EOS is, and, and I, I don't remember what the acronym stands for uh, at this time. You, it's an entrepreneurial operating system. Perfect. Thank you. It's Gina Wickman. I, there's a few books out there. I've read them both, but the first one that I read from Gina Wickman is the book called Traction. Yeah, uh, it is. It is a top ten business book that I've ever read, and it it's might awesome. it's, it's probably even top three to five. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. You will find it difficult, I think, to to bring in some of the things that they talk about because it really yeah. is meant for like a corporate scale. So it does require a little personalization, I think, and I know a lot of times it that's does. Not things, it does. But I think I think that it does need that, but. Absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure, I'm guessing, Melinda, you're helping implement with your clients traction and EOS or some elements of that. Is that Ab fair? Absolutely, Patrick. You know, you know, I did an MBA. And so, yeah. you know, I had like the 12 steps, right, to like get your business into high performance. What I love about EOS is it's six and it's lean. So I've even, I, you know, in this last year, I've leaned out our system. And yeah, we absolutely, we, we probably don't use the EOS terminology because, you know, that piece yeah. of it. But I, I would recommend and every owner read traction. It's incredible, right? And figure out how do they get some of these business elements in their practice. Yep. 
Makes total sense to me. So Melinda, we're going to shift gears. I want people to reach out to you. Absolutely. You get more information on SOPs and implementing them in your practice. Your website is practicemanagementconsulting.com. Folks, go check it out. Melinda, I'm going to ask you this question. There's There's more than one consultant and coach out there, as you know. What are your recommendations when somebody's trying to vet an expert to help them um, get to the next level and beyond? What are what are some questions that they should ask? What are some things they should look for? Yeah, I think they should. I would just recommend that they be clear about what those next, you know, what is it that they want? What do they want? Yeah. And and then I would say really asking a set of two to three standard questions that you ask every consultant, because I think a lot of the consulting piece has to do with fit. And, you know, you're going to take the guidance of a consultant better if it's, if it's a good fit. You know, I have clients that it's, you know, like, like it was meant to be that we work together because it's a great fit. And so I would just say, ask them, you know, what their methodology is, how they go about doing it and what, you know, and I would talk to some of their testimonials, the people that they've worked with in the past to see if, if what they're saying really is true. Yep. Yep. That makes total sense to me. One more time, folks, the website is practicemanagementconsulting.com. It's very easy uh, to remember. Um, Melinda, thank you so much for coming on the program. We want to have you back. Pleasure. Pleasure. Nice to be here with you, Patrick. Thank you.